yeah. Welcome to Lessons from 100 Brands, the radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer. Joining me in the studio today, the lovely, delightful Colin. Hello, hello. Hello. Mm, You're too kind. Oh, man, what a stadium full of viewers and listeners we have. That's right. Awesome. Hey, speaking of awesome, we have a great show today. The interim executive director of Naturally Austin is here. And I know what you're saying. What is Naturally Austin? Well, Colin, my man, all over the country, people are starting food and beverage companies. They're getting excited because they've got grandma's recipe. We were just on the phone moments ago. Yep with a lady who had something called Daddy Sam's <laughs> Showersh. And that's <laughs> literally how they spelled the last part, Showersh. Showersh. It's Daddy Sam's Showersh. And uh, she was using a recipe from what, like 1883 or right. something? Right, yeah. So there's nice. all these people out doing this now. And certainly the natural food industry and the better for you food space has been around a long time. But in places like Boulder, they've had Naturally Boulder really as the premier organization in the country for a place where... All the folks, the entrepreneurs, the managers of brands, people who want to start a food company kind of gather and formed a group. Well, they're doing the same thing here in Austin. We're going to have the executive director on, plus another person that we're close to who is actually real involved in the beginning of all of that here in Austin as well. So it should be a fun show. That's in kind of the latter part of the show, but plenty of time with them and you'll, you'll learn a lot kind of what the trends are and what hot things are happening. That's right, Al. And But before we get to that, oh yes, you know, every week we like to get a little ranty in here. We like to complain a little bit about what's going on. Well, just because we're, we're grouchy people. We're real. We're complainers. Let's That's be right. Honest. That's right. So this is a segment we like to call Why Me? Oh. <laughs> Somebody get that baby a bottle. <laughs> Oh, Thank there's nothing, you to our nothing producer. worse than a baby on an airplane, let me oh, tell you. That, and that's where that was recorded, I believe. <laughs> Just a seven-hour flight with that right next to you the entire time. I'll get rolling on our, our Why Me rant. So I, I, this, I love trains, and I know that's a weird sentence to even say, right? <laughs> that doesn't mean that I sit outside of Model a freight trains. yard or a train crossing and just go, oh, my God, let me get out of my car and wave. I'm just going <laughs> to wave at everybody that goes by. Now, I take the train for business some more than any human being outside of what is sort of the, the Acela corridor in the East Coast. fact that I know the Acela corridor is a bizarre mm-hmm. testament that a guy living in Austin, Texas, loves the train. Part of it is I grew up always taking the trains, whatever. Fantastic. I can't get enough train <laughs> all the time. So uh, on those trains over the years, and I'll get a little room, like a little bedroom, but I've always had just, and this is sort of a strange connection to getting a bedroom. It has nothing to do with that, but I've always had some amazing experiences. For example, (laughs) I, and not in the bedroom, in the, in the dining car, I sat in a a dining car in a train, they put you with people you don't know, right? Which is just insane. Um, So I've sat across from an old lady with an FU hat on, which I thought was spectacular uh, it's all spelled out. And then, you know, the other two people and I had to sort of figure out who, who is this. I sat next to the former governor of the state of Washington, just randomly. And the weirdest one, the guy who led the reconnaissance center at the CIA, like the number three guy. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back to my little room, I Googled him and then, and it was really him. And then I thought later, you know, by Googling him, I'll probably be killed. Right. Well, he was traveling co- covertly on the train. He was, he really was. So here's the wild part. 
So I'm on the train and the way a train can be set up, at least some of them, the, there's bedrooms downstairs and then there's little rooms up the stairs, upstairs. And it's that upstairs part of the train that's connected to the, all the other trains. So the downstairs is kind of quiet. So they put rooms down there, but they also put a couple of showers and some extra bathrooms. So I'm sitting in, remember the wall from your room out to the hallway is often have glass on it. Mm -hmm. So this week I'm riding along on a train and I look out the window and I, as I'm not embellishing at all. An old naked man is pressed up against my window. <laughs> I mean, in all his glory. And so uh. and the not funny part of it is he was having some troubles, right? Older guy goes, takes a shower, wanders out. But then I spent my time on the train desperately trying to usher this guy back to his room, find his room, hope that the families I could hear upstairs, you know, about to come down the stairs weren't about to do that. And I safely got him back to his room. So I feel like kind of a mm. good Samaritan, but I've also seen some things I don't ever see again. Yeah. That was my week. So what's your, what I heard you had a doctor experience. Yes. I had a, a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say a medical emergency, but it felt like one. Okay. Um, had a little uh, uh, blemish, I'll call it, on uh, on my nose earlier, and I was I live live in Manhattan, and uh, it, w it was becoming an issue. I was walking down the street. Uh, People were commenting. Yeah, babies were crying. <laughs> cyclists were crashing into things. Right. So distracting oh, for everyone. Horrible. Uh, and so um, I had to go see a doctor. Luckily, uh, my dad knows some dermatologists uh, from working in that that industry, so. Got into one pretty quickly. Um, takes one look at it. The doctor does and say, "All right, yeah, we gotta, we gotta open that up. We gotta pop it with a little oh, needle." And, see, now uh, we just lost half our listeners. That's go right. Ahead. I know, and uh, I'm about to lose it myself because it was at that moment that I remembered I have a slight fear of needles. So you're <laughs> one of those guys, Colin, who who really can't do needles. Oh, so no. now this doc is coming at your nose, That's like right. right at your eyeball level almost oh, yeah. with a needle. How close did you come to passing out? I was uh, I was mere seconds away. Oof. You know, I lightheadedness for sure. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't see anything, but I was just trying to power through. Didn't want to embarrass my dad by oh. having by passing out in front of this this uh, his friend. friend of his. Oh, can of you his, imagine? So. Like your son's a little bit of a weenie. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't take it. Right. He fell apart here on a, with a with a pimple examination. That's right. Yeah. So, All right. I like that. Oh man, it was a little embarrassing for sure, but uh, I powered through. You are brave. You know, you hear about a lot of heroes in the world. You are one of them, mm. my man. Thank I you. I like it. Hey, every week we also do try and take the time to spotlight um, our food addictions. The things that we've kind of discovered out there that we love, that maybe we're eating too much of, but it's just sort of the way it is. We call it pie hole. Time's wasting, don't you know? Put something tasty in my old pie hole. Put something in your old pie hole. Sounds wrong, but we're going to talk about it anyway. My addiction, I'll make it quick. I, so at, I was walking Whole Foods a few months ago. I see this brown tan bag called Chalk Zero. And it's chocolate, dark chocolate, zero sugar. There's some nuts in it. I get the hazelnut one. But check this out, man. No sugar alcohols, no fake weird sweeteners. They use monk fruit as the flavoring. And I'm telling you, it is spectacular. It's a bag wow. of little bars. Yeah. Colin, I'm hooked. That's awesome. What do you got going this week? So similarly, I got some sweets going. Um, I was also in a Whole Foods and uh, up, up in New York. and found a brand called Partake Foods, oh. 
They oh, do yeah. uh, sort of clean label uh, cookies and whatnot. And so I've been crushing some chocolate chip cookies oh, and they're delicious. But they really are good. Yeah, no gluten, no dairy, no eggs. It's awesome. I love it. Hey, in a moment, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I absolutely want to take two minutes in that second segment and talk about this idea of chili. I'm very frustrated by chili these days. Yes. And, and this bean, no bean debate. Yeah. We'll get to it also in this, the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about what is Lessons from 100 Brands in terms of what are some of those lessons. Oh, that music says it is time for a break. We will talk to you soon. You're listening to Lessons from 100 Brands. Welcome back to Lessons from 100 Brands, a radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer, and as always, or sometimes, my co-host is in the studio today from Manhattan, the lovely Colin Johnson. I appreciate the uh, yes. lovely description. It is. It's just, it's sort of true. I don't hear that enough. Yeah, that's understandable, but I'm going <laughs> to try and build that up for you. Hey, before we go any further, can we just take a moment? We got to talk about your parents, man. Mm. You, you. So what is this thing with fits and the tantrums? That's a great question. Um, they have a, a slight uh, addiction, uh, but it's, it's not the worst addiction of all time, but it's, it's definitely an issue. Well, um, I've gone to a fits and the tantrum, tantrums concert with your parents. Yeah. Oh, what's that in the background? That's Thanks right. to the producer. Yeah, this is actually oh. my parents' uh, rendition of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, it is. It's their recording. Right. I have to tell you, watching the them jump around to this is yeah. a sight sort of to behold oh, as I'm it sure. is. So, so thank you very much. That is that is great. So, if you don't know Fits in the Tantrums band, I think our producer says also maybe a DJ or something like that. Did not know that. It's a, who knows that could be true, mm-hmm. um, but so your parents have gone to how many times they've gone to this concert? I would say double digits for what? sure. Yeah. How is that po- How is that possible? I'm I'm not sure. I think they have some sort of email alerts. You know, anytime they're within a hundred miles, they're going to be they're there. alerted. That's right. Have they ever heard the phrase stalker? Does yeah. the stalker phrase ever pass through their noggin? You know, I think it's about time to talk to him about, yeah. about that. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, they did, the last time they saw him recently, they did a meet and greet with them and very out of character. They're dressed wait, up. Wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on. They paid for what now? They paid for a meet and greet with oh. Fitz and the Tantrums. That's not something, I could see the Rolling Stones right. or, yeah. you know, Kings of Leon yeah. or something. And they made a Fits whole. Fits in the tantrums. They made a whole deal out of it. They're wearing their leather, their matching leather jackets. Oh, which uh, they moved into the lifestyle. Now. That's right. They're trying to almost become Fits in the Tantrums. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, it was one of the more enjoyable concerts I've been to for audience participation. Yeah. So the, 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 the two folks who really are on the stage the most who are the front of it, they move around and dance around and it kind of draws you in, but I've never heard of anyone sort of that deep into it. So I like it. We got to get them on the show maybe next time and just delve into this a little bit more. So they can defend themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, before we go a whole lot further, 
I think we should kind of also give our listeners a bit of a background of what is this lessons from 100 brands. And more importantly, since, you know, this is kind of a business show, entrepreneur show, let's go over a couple of those lessons. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. Uh, good. I like it. So uh, I'm the founder of the Touch Agency, and we've been around almost 20 years, helped build out a lot of the most successful brands in the natural world. So Amy's Kitchen, the frozen food guys early on, uh, Emergency for years, um, all kinds of cool brands that you know that you they're better for you brands that you buy online or in a grocery store or at your local natural food like uh, Whole Foods or Sprouts. Awesome, right? It's been fun. Well, about a year ago, somebody challenged us. I was talking to someone and they said, you know, you, have you guys ever thought about formalizing the things, the, the lessons learned from the, some of these more successful brands? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, maybe the things to avoid for the brands who have struggled. Have you ever formalized those? And I said, well, just in our, in our heads, but maybe not really on paper. So we started doing it. We have something close to you know, three quarters of the 100 lessons we want to formalize with examples and kind of case studies of what worked and what didn't work. And we're putting that all online as a resource for brands. We love entrepreneurs. We love startup brands. We love brands who maybe have taken off and then plateaued a bit and stalled. So we created a business uh, extension sort of of the touch agency called Lessons from 100 Brands. And the idea is that we have a place where you can get consulting or planning projects done, uh, everything from launch to restage. Uh, we've put together an area that has tools and templates. So instead of, you know, you're sitting there at 1130 at night and you've got to do something for your business, why reinvent a tool or a template when you can come and we can help you uh, get it figured out and right. get it customized for you? Uh, education and training. So you may, eventually we're going to have online on-demand classes. So if you're sitting there building your food company idea and you don't know how to do something, you can go online and find that resource and find that uh, training all the way up to if you make new hires and you need people to kind of be versed in the basics of fact-based selling, that kind of thing. You've got a place to go. And maybe most importantly, um, connections and community, much like the guests we're going to have on in a bit uh, about naturally Austin, creating that kind of fellowship among people who are building brands. Yep. We want to do the exact same thing um, online and, mm -hmm. and, uh, create a place where people can get their questions answered, can find lists of things like, Hey, if I want to use a food broker, how do I get in front of a distributor? What does that look like? That's what it's for Austin. We do the radio show in Austin because this has become an industry town, right? I think naturally Austin has something like 450 members. Now, when I moved here in 2007, there were probably eight food companies you could find if you really looked hard mm -hmm. or beverage companies combined. So pretty exciting. So we're going to have uh, guests on in a few minutes. Before that, though, we thought it'd be fun to give you an example and kind of talk through some of the lessons that we're formalizing. We hope every show we can do that, give you a little value, added, extra added value for listening to the program. Yeah. Make sense? All right, let's roll. So uh, they're all numbered. We pulled them out of a hat. So they really do have numbers. So we'll go with the one that's on the back of our lessons business card. It's number 35, and the lesson is, unless the room is on fire, turns are more important than doors, meaning that if the room's on fire, a door or maybe a window <laughs> is something that's the most important, right. of, of the most important. Mm -hmm. um, but this idea that we, we run into brands all the time, who have, somebody started a food company, 
And Colin, they immediately want to expand to more retailers around the country. And it almost doesn't matter where, because they get excited, right? It's like somebody's baby. If somebody yeah. tells your baby's beautiful, you just think, great. I'll give you an example. There's a, a really, uh, an amazing, successful success story in our industry, a guy named Clayton Christopher. And what Clayton did is he built Sweet Leaf Tea, the iced tea in a bottle. Later, mm -hmm. I think he sold it to Nestle. Um, then he did a couple of other brands like Deep Eddy Vodka. Oh. Uh, I know. You get too excited. I saw the little <laughs> glimmer in your eye just hearing about it. Um, but what he, when I used to meet him for lunch when I first moved here, he would tell these amazing stories, right? Because he was totally in the branding build, brand building mode still early in his first successful CPG brand, consumer packaged goods. And uh, he was selling it in Texas and let's say maybe Arizona. A retailer in the Northwest, part of Kroger, named Fred Meyer, contacted him and said, we want your iced tea. And he had the discipline to say, no, I'm focused on building out brand awareness, building out velocity or turns. In other words, proving that my beverage could sell before I went to go anywhere else. Right. And that takes extreme discipline because most of the time, if someone says they want your product and you, you're in the business of wanting to sell your product, it's done. Mm -hmm. you, you just say yes. And then you quickly end up spread out all over the country. Right. So what's really important more than anything is this idea that if you can just be successful where you're at, and by successful, we mean a lot of people are buying it off the shelf. Once you have that established, you can go anywhere you want all over the country and later sell that brand for millions and live on the beach or live up in the mountains. Right. Right. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. It's almost like quality of, of door over quantity. It really is. Yeah. And yet people approach us all the time saying, Hey, I'm pretty excited. I'm selling my cookie in Publix in Florida, two stores in Texas and one in Oregon. And you're like, well, how is that supposed to help you with, you know, marketing efficiency or anything? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit to our guests from naturally Austin about all of that and what they see that's hot out there and what brands have learned. But that's lesson number 35. Again, unless the room's on fire, turns are more important than doors. Let's do, should we do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Uh, let's do lesson number 33, not far from 35. If you play by the industry rules, right, kind of the normal stuff, you're going to die a slow, painful death. Don't take no for an answer. Now, hopefully not really. No one's going to grab you, put you in a van, I don't think. and take. Maybe there could be someone and, and you die an actual slow and painful death. This is more a slow, painful business death. Right. Which is for an entrepreneur. The same thing. Right. It can be almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Give you an example. So the, I won't say a name because this sounds a little, a little bit outside the bounds, but it's brilliant. So we have a owner, founder of a, of a frozen food company. Guy is a wonderful human being. We've known him for a long time. Great personality, chat you up. Loyal as the day is long in terms of helping you, uh, helping your business. He'll think of ideas for you as well as his own. He's just a terrific guy. One of the funniest things about what he does, though, is he will literally, when he lands in a city, he'll just go to one of his customers where in our industry, let's say you want to pitch to HEB here in Texas, you need an appointment to go see them, right? Because there's tens of thousands of food products and beverages and personal care and prepared meals that want to all go sell to them. Right. So understandably, you have to have an appointment. This guy will not have an appointment, but you know what he does, Colin? 
He ends up going to a coffee place like Starbucks, picking up four coffees in a tray, showing up at the lobby of these places saying, hey, I know I don't have an appointment, but I was just driving down the street, thought I would leave, you know, buyer A some little refreshments, mm. a little coffee. Gotcha. And man, more times than not, the buyer comes out, starts chatting him up. He ends up walking back to their office and something happening. Now, if you're a retailer listening to this, you're saying, please don't suggest this. This is an awful idea. <laughs> but from a brand perspective, it's genius. Right. All, all he needed was a chance. Absolutely. Hey, every week we're going to try and hit a couple more of these lessons just so we can chat through them, give you examples. If you've got a question or you want to talk about something, please email us at hello at lessonsfrom100brands.com. And the 100 is the number 100. So hello at lessonsfrom100brands.com. Okay. We're it's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to have those guests. We're going to have way more interesting people than Colin and I. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Lessons from 100 Brands. Welcome back to Lessons from 100 Brands, the radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer. Our guests today are Genevieve Gilbreth from Springdale Ventures and a venture fund based in Austin, and Emily Keeley. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. All yep. right. The new interim director for Naturally Austin. That, my friends, is the setup for a great show <laughs> and a great segment. So to both of you ladies, welcome. Thank you. All Thanks. right. So for the benefit of our listeners, and I'll direct this to you, Emily, who, you know, who may not know, what is Naturally Austin? Uh, Naturally Austin is the collaborative community for consumer package and products here in, in Austin. Um, and we are part of the Naturally Network. So there's, yeah, because there's multiple. There's multiple, those, yeah. Right? I've been familiar with Naturally Boulder for years. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a few of them across the country. And so we launched last year um, in March of 2019. Wow, that's pretty recent. It's, so it's kind of exciting, right? And yes. you guys still still new. So what's the history of how did Naturally Austin start? And then what's its relationship with these other Naturally groups? Mm -hmm. So it was, I guess, towards the middle of 2018, there was a group of local entrepreneurs who were really hoping to find um, an organization or hoping to put something together that would really help to support the emerging brands here in Austin. Because, you know, to date, hadn't been a nonprofit, a community organization to, um, to help these guys come together and find education resources and community. And so we were getting together and talking about what we should do. And it just kind of became clear that, you know, Boulder had a great model with Naturally Boulder. And it was really focused on supporting the natural products industry, mm -hmm. which we have a good bit of here in Austin. We also have, you know, a good bit of non-necessarily non natural products, especially in the in the beverage space. I thought you were going to say nonprofits. Oh, we got some nonprofits. <laughs> we got those too. <laughs> we got those too. But um, I don't you know, think it's intended, but it's nonprofit. <laughs> that, that happens, sadly. Um, but within that, you know, within that that space, you know, the, the state that the the earth is in, and the climate, and our environment, it just really made sense for us to um, to start an organization that was focused on supporting the entrepreneurs within the consumer space, and also focus on how to make all these consumer brands more sustainable. Yeah. So it was really right in line with um, what the naturally naturally Boulder does, and over the last year. 
Naturally Boulder has expanded out and there, we've formed now an umbrella organization called the Naturally Network. And so there's a Naturally Bay Area, there's a Naturally Chicago that launched the same time as we did. And they we just have, had a meeting. I saw it on yeah, LinkedIn or something. Yeah, the good. Vital Proteins headquarters. Yeah. Really good. Um, and then Naturally uh, San Diego and LA and New York will all be coming online soon. So wow. yeah, it's a big umbrella organization and we all, you know, we all kind of talk to each other and share resources and we're kind of getting a member directory together so that there'll be um, information across all of the organizations so that people can talk to each other and have more opportunities to learn from one another. Well, earlier in the show, I was talking uh, about uh, when I moved here in 2007, there were probably eight consumer brands that you could really identify, right? Sweet Leaf Tea before the purchase by Nestle, Michelangelo's or Frozen Food Line. I mean, there, it, was a, it was a small number, if even eight. And now 12 years later, it's like 150. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's over uh, 350 of companies yes. and brands. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I didn't know that. Yep. I thought that was just the people. Maybe no, no. Oh man! Yeah. Wow. I have never seen an industry explode in a town like it's happening here, and certainly happening in these other markets like Portland, Boulder, Brooklyn, Nor- NorCal, SoCal, those kind of places. But wow, that's exciting. So how many? members do you guys have or how many brands are involved in naturally austin we have about 460 members so far and we are adding on about one to two a day so, so some of those growing. are from the same company mm-hmm. if you have 450 yes. people but yeah. Yeah. wow and yeah. service providers so yeah. we have a lot yeah. of yeah it's a lot of people inside the ecosystem right so thinking about just the entrepreneurs but everything else that helps supports the entrepreneurs so it's a it's a growing list well it's sure. perfect perfect setup to the question what are the benefits of Naturally Austin to the brands who participate. I kind of get the third-party providers Mm because they get an audience, but what Mm -hmm. do the brands get out of it? Well, what I love about it is the resources that we provide and the access and the community. Um, The biggest thing I've heard since I started this week (laughs) has been that it's about the community (laughs) and being able to network and connect. You grizzled veteran of this industry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that um, hearing how the community interacts with each other and that network and that, that support system um, because obviously there's there's so much to do when you're starting a, a product of, of any any kind. So just being that resource for people, that's really the value that I think is provided. Yeah. What are some of the bigger events that go on during the year? I mean, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You set up, I, th- I know you've had speaker series and wor- you know workshops of some sort or another, but yeah. Every, every month we try and have at least three different events. So we'll have one educational workshop. We'll have one session called Off the Shelf where a local entrepreneur or consumer brand expert will come and talk story. So they'll tell about their entrepreneurial jury, journey or if they've had a really interesting career, not necessarily entrepreneurial, they'll talk about that. So it's a lot, it's very informal. And then the um, third thing that we do is mentor meetups. So it's kind of a casual coffee or happy hour where there's a few designated mentors that people can sign up to spend like 10 minutes and kind of get a little speed dating. Speed dating. And that's <laughs> got to be so important, right? Finding, hooking people up with people, particularly brands and operators who've done this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And hearing that insight. Right. Yeah. And then, so those are the monthly events, but then we have twice a year, we'll have um, more major events and probably adding some others on as well. The biggest event we had was in, uh, I believe it was October of 2019. It was the Pitch Slam. Yeah. So we had over 500 people attend the Naturally Austin Pitch Slam. And we had four different companies pitching, and then we had some other companies that kind of stood up as wild cards to give a pitch. And it was a, a great time for an expo and to just hear about the, the companies. So we have a unique challenge on this show and that we air in Austin on a radio station, mm-hmm. but then we also turn it into a podcast for our industry. So 
most of the folks in our industry will kind of know the pitch, you know, pitch uh, part of that. People who are listening just because they like business shows or trying to, you know, find entrepreneurial stuff interesting. Talk to them a little bit about what does that event mean when you say a pitch slam? What what went on? So it's an opportunity for for in this case, emerging brands to stand up in front of an audience of 500 people and a panel of judges of about five people and give a pitch on their business describing what their business is, how it's better than their com- competitors, how they plan to scale it. And, at, and there's usually an ask in this, in this, this uh, instance, it was sort of an investor ask for what they need to be able to scale the company. And so they, they lay all that out as best they can. And then the judges will ask questions, then give them feedback and then vote upon who they think the, the company most likely to scale is and, and win the prize. Cool. And yeah. then some people end up getting hooked up with funding or how does that work? From that particular event, there was a prize package that I believe oh. was worth over like twenty thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, services, and there was even a a booth at Expo East, which is Natural Products Expo East. You win a booth, which is worth. So it kind of gets them started down yeah. that path, which is which is really great. It, so here's a question for both of you, and probably unfair to some degree. Uh, you're you know you know week one uh, as the director, but you guys sit as an organization, sit in sort of the catbird seat relative to spotting trends, kind of seeing what's hot and what's next. What are the trends that you guys see in doing this? And I suppose, Genevieve, you also see that given what you do with a venture fund. Mm -hmm. Certainly. I mean, plant-based is a huge trend that that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting to see all the innovation that's coming out of that. Um, You know, both from the there's very kind of high technical, high IP side of things, but then also, you know, just kind of on the more homegrown side, we just are seeing more and more things related to that and um, starting to see also more um, trends trending towards sustainability and sustainable packaging or innovative Mm -hmm. ways of packaging things that may have been around before, but in ways that are more convenient and more sustainable. So those are, those are some of the trends that, you know, we see quite a bit of. Yeah. And definitely I think the nutrient packed or is it packed with something else? It can't just be like a chip. It has to have protein mm-hmm. or it has yeah, to the have functionality. the functionality, that, yeah. what, what the benefits are to the body. That's a big Absolutely. One. We yeah. see the same thing. We're working on a, a, a project for um, engine two, which is a plant-based line that's been exclusive to whole foods mm-hmm. and just getting kind of immersed in that, plant-based world is really fascinating to see, you know, how good they can make things now across all categories and brands. You know, I think people think it's a sacrifice and it isn't. It might have been 15 years ago, but it's not now. No. Yeah. Instagram, it's huge. Even the hashtag plant-based is huge if you think about it. So it's interesting how it's grown. Yeah. And people people don't have the same tolerance for bad tasting natural products as they did in the 70s. Oh, (laughs) well, I mean... So Ryan's here kind of coming and going as uh, when he's available for part of the show. And for those who don't know, Ryan's my son. And when he was a little kid and I was in this industry, it was a running family joke. Like, hey, I'd bring samples home of stuff in, you know, 2000. And he'd just look at me like, get out of here. Are you kidding me? That's nonsense. And he was right a lot of the time. It was kind of lousy. And I think around 2010, 2012, something happened a tipping point of innovation, just people been around doing it long enough. It started to, you could you could eat the stuff and feel good about it. <laughs> um, so uh, a question to you, what are your big plans? I know yeah. it's week one and, and so unfair to ask again, but 
What do you see maybe as the big opportunities for Naturally Austin? Oh, not unfair at all. Um, I think what we've found, I think, for the past week or so is that obviously growing the community and providing more resources. I would really, I think that's a big thing that I've heard across the board. I've had a lot of meetings with um, our board members um, and also talking to our members. We had a CBG mentor meetup this past Monday. And um, so resources, I think more events and also focusing on the products, consumer products as a whole industry here. Um, there is so, it's so vibrant. Like she said, 350 products. So we want to be able to help amplify and give them more resources and help them grow and just be that, grow that community as much as possible. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, since you see all these brands, I know you don't want to get in trouble with all the other ones, but <laughs> is there one or two that just come top of mind to say, wow, those are kind of cool and fun. Can't do it. Look at you. I'm getting the most political faces back of like, uh, I better not do that. I, uh, it's not really our role. I, w- I will say, I think the plant, like growing your own plant and produce, I do love that Ooh. trend. I, I, you know, there's like lettuce grow and gardenio here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are two really, that's a really unique thing that I think is going to be really fun. And I see retail is also latching onto it. So. Ooh, that's very cool. Yeah. And very, very well answered relative to not. <laughs> good job, Emily. Yeah, very good. Um, look, it's time for a break, but when we come back, We're going to have more with the folks from Naturally Austin. You're listening to Lessons from 100 Brand. Welcome back to Lessons from 100 Brands, the radio show and podcast dedicated to what, Genevieve? The natural food industry. That's exactly right. I'm your host, Al Springer. Joining me in the the studio today, and it's so much fun, and they were here in just the previous segment, but just to reintroduce them for a moment, we have Genevieve Gilbreth from Springdale Ventures, a venture fund based right here in Austin, Texas. And we're proud and excited to introduce the new interim director for Naturally Austin. We have Emily Keeley. Is it Keeley or Keeley? It's Keeley. Keeley. I got to get that right. All right. Um, Look, we talked a lot about Naturally Austin. In this segment, it'd be fun to talk a little bit more and understand how you guys got involved, what your backgrounds are, and just what you you see as that uh, cool spot in the industry. So let's uh, start with you, Emily. What is it like to take over anything as an executive director when a week ago you weren't doing that particular gig? Like, (laughs) what has this been like? What's the experience been like? I've been using the phrase uh, drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, (laughs) that's classic. Classic, (laughs) Um, I said that to someone the other day and they're like, I've never heard that. I was like, you've never? Wow. I was like, (laughs) where have they been living? (laughs) Yeah, like, where are you? That's fascinating. Um, It has been that, but it's it's been a lot of fun too. So, I mean, obviously going from... Um, you know, freelancing and doing my own thing than to get, just walk into this community that's so welcoming yeah, um, and so inviting and so um, so excited to, to work and, and, and be a part of the community. Um, it's just, it's been it's Well, been you've got thrilling. the personality for it. It's like instant, you know, yeah. lights up the room, which yeah. is great. <laughs> we are so lucky to have her. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you really are. Um, what was your actual personal background before you got involved in this organization? Yeah, so I'm originally from East Texas, mm-hmm. so you can hear an accent kind of sometimes. Um, and then Pretty I good went, job of hiding it. I'm tr- yeah, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, unless I get tired. But um, yeah, then I, I, I started my, my career out in Los Angeles, um, and that's where I really got into CPG. I've always loved food. 
Okay. Um, but uh, really, that's I, I knew I wanted to do PR marketing, but I, I really focused on it was like TurboTax and Friskies and Red Bull. Right. And so when I moved here to Austin, I was doing um, food PR as well. And um, I come from an entrepreneurial family and I love doing these big brands. And I thought it was really exciting, but I also wanted to work with the entrepreneur and I just I couldn't do that, do that, the large, large agency. So um, I focused on, on working with these entrepreneurs. And so that's why this job in particular is so exciting to me because it, that's all this is, is working with entrepreneurs and people who have a true passion for it. So, um, yeah, I've been doing it for about 17 years. So, Is it kind of, uh, can you almost not help yourself then given you have an agency PR background and you've worked with some brands that obviously had huge sort of working budgets for things like, like this. But every time you talk and meet a brand, you must have 10 ideas for them. I, I, Jen knows this. And I'm like, and we should do this, and we should do this, and this, and this, and this. But they must love that. Yeah, That's like an added extra sort of, I know you can't help 450 brands, but it's a pretty cool added. But we're going to try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh so what, was it a PR type agency or what was it that you were working on? It was just like, PR, you know, PR and marketing and media relations is one of the big things that people came to us for. And yeah. so that's also a, a thing that I love to do. And I obviously, you know, I'll ask a person first, like, what is your media relations strategy? Where is your key messaging? I'm one of those people. So, yeah. cause I feel like it's viable for a brand. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was helping out these, 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 you know, the CPG products here. Well, then how did you end up in Austin? Um, I moved back to Texas and I wanted to only come to Austin. Yeah. Um, I was in East Texas and Dallas and I, I wanted to plant my roots here. Yep. And um, then we met. How did we meet? I think somebody introduced us, but you helped with uh, SKU while I was yeah. working there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for those maybe around the country who don't know what SKU is, mm -hmm. um, Genevieve was uh, pretty well involved in that, right? And that was more of an incubator, nurture it along, find investment kind of thing. And then from that, you got involved with Naturally Austin, right? So that, that was actually going to be my question for you, Genevieve. Yeah. How did you get involved with Naturally? So it's a, I got involved with Naturally. I was running SKU for two years, which is how I met Emily also. And um, kind of through the course of, of running that accelerator and, and uh, helping the brands that we were able to help through there and kind of getting to understand the, the, the consumer products ecosystem here in Austin, um, there were several things that we noticed were really missing that would be helpful to the community. Um, SKU, you know, SKU is a wonderful accelerator. It's able to help probably eight local brands a year and brings together a lot of really super smart mentors. But there's 342 other brands that I like the way you, you did know. that quick math. Thanks. <laughs> what Working she's not admitting it. is she, she asked for a calculator earlier. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Basic math. Yeah. High skill. Um, and so we are like, Hey, what can we do to help support those brands? And that was kind of, you know, how the, the genesis of naturally Austin. So there was a number of local entrepreneurs including uh, my partner. It's uh, Springdale Ventures, Dan Graham, Amy Studman from future proof, Mason Arnold, Felipe Vega of Ironclad, um, you know, Clayton Christopher from Kavu and uh, Deep Eddie Sweetleaf. So and a number of others who who we, we all just kind of wanted to create something to support the support the community. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we saw that was missing kind of while I was at SKU and that's how I, um, Dan and I got to be um, you know, close was just through running because when he was on the board of SKU um, was that there is a lack of early stage funding here in Austin for for these consumer brands that were fast growing and uh, particularly a lack of strategic funding. So there's, you know, there's angel investment and there's a lot of, you know, doctors and lawyers and real estate investors and tech investors who have money to put into CPG. 
But what often would happen sometimes when those investors would get involved is they don't understand the oh, life cycle. makes it incredibly painful. Really, really challenging. And so not only is it harder for these companies to go around and, you know, have angel investor meetings for six months until they actually can find some capital, but then if they do get their capital in that doesn't understand the space, then that can really kind of throw a wrench in, in their scaling. So um, our thesis was that, hey, if we have strategic capital at this early stage, we're able to, to lean in with them bring what we have through our network, uh, we can help them scale faster. And so, you know, and, and then having Springdale here, having Naturally Austin and SKU, along with the other commercial kitchens and other resources that are here in Austin, I feel like we're building a really robust ecosystem to help diversify the economy here in Austin and uh, make it a great place to grow a consumer brand. Yeah, it is. It is a, a great launching pad. You mentioned Springdale Ventures a couple of times. Tell us what is that all about and how did you get plugged into that? Yeah. So um, Springdale Ventures is a early stage consumer venture fund that uh, Dan Graham and I launched last year in March. It's a small fund, a $25 million fund. Uh, We started raising last March. We're doing our final close just in this quarter. We've already made investments in nine brands, majority of which are here in Austin. And we invest across the board in consumer brands. So anything that's consumer facing, whether it's a natural product to a home health product, um, uh, we've got a great portfolio so far of the nine brands, two alcohol beverage brands, canteen beverages, future-proof beverages, done a small investment in CC Veggie Noodle Co. Um, The more uh, durable goods, I guess, side, we have uh, Literati, which is a kid's subscription book club service. Mosey Baby is revolutionizing at-home fertility, so they do uh, at-home insemination syringe. And then we even have a company that was That's recently, a whole show right there by itself. It is. Itself. You should have them on for sure. <laughs> it's very natural. It's just a natural product. I, this is a, it's, I promise the story isn't as bad as it sounds like it's going to be. But uh, I had worked for Gatorade for years and took a job with um, a company that included that included in its portfolio. It was, it was like over-the-counter HPC stuff some feminine hygiene products. And I'll never forget day one when, when the brand manager of one of these brands walked in and, and threw down on my desk, it was a a very, very sharp lady. And she threw down uh, the product and said, would you look at the size of this applicator? And I, I literally want to get back in my car and go back, you go back to Gatorade and ask if I could come back. (laughs) So you are now into territory that makes me nervous, but go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, all right, well, let's we'll move on to, to uh, death and dying. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. No, uh, and one of our. I know. Co- what, I know what company you're going to talk about. I saw this in a. I think I know what this is. Is this with the diamond? Yes, Eternova. Yes. They were featured. This is a wild story. They were featured in some local publication or something uh-huh. I read, and wow, yeah. pretty interesting. So they were recently on Shark Tank and got an investment with Mark Cuban as well. And so Eternova takes the ashes of cremated loved ones and pets and then uh, walks the, the, the customer through a really beautiful process to help them have a diamond produced that is made yeah. from the cremated ashes of their loved one or their that pet. That is really yeah, different it's but pretty cool. super mm-hmm. revolutionary. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of innovation in that space. And then what's really special about the way they do it is the attention they give to the person who is purchasing the diamond. So it really validates their grieving process and, and kind of ex- it, it gives them a vehicle to be able to express it and validate it in a way that our culture doesn't often leave room wow. for. Yeah, See beautiful. what happens when you're involved in startups and innovation. You really do come across some amazing stories. Mm-hmm. People who see some sort of opportunity in the market that is just unmet 
And often you're kind of, uh, and I think I read the article, it, may, it might have started with a family member for her. Her mentor. Her mentor, mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, a wonderful, interesting story. So when you're looking at the at brands, what is your filter for the determining, is this a place we want to play or not? Yeah, I mean, definitely we're looking at industry trends in general. I mean, so there has to be a basic, you know, there has to be the category in general, either has to be growing or there has to be a big enough segment that's been stagnant that we see innovation happening to help re-energize that growth. Um, very, very founder focused. I mean, every, you know, VC says that, but, but especially, you know, for us, we're both entrepreneur operators and we want to work with founders who we really believe are going to, you know, be able to push through all the walls and, and have that passion and the drive and the smarts to be able to, to take the company where it needs to go and be fun to work with. (laughs) Yeah. That's always, yeah. we have a much less, uh, you can't announce it in public version of that. (laughs) At the touch agency and lessons for wonder brands, but we don't, you know, have clients who are blank mm-hmm. and that's kind of the same thing. Life you want people, short. it Life is, is and you want people that you enjoy working with yeah. and that are, you know, are kind, you know, even under pressure, they can yeah. handle it. And that is a, always a big challenge. I'm super, sure. super important. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure that the blankety blanks win sometimes, but, yeah. you know, in the long run, there's just so much opportunity out there that. There's no reason not yeah. to work with people who are both smart and talented and driven and kind. Well, this, kind. <laughs> this is this has been amazing. I'm so excited. What a it's so exciting because for years I saw that naturally bolder and wished we had something like that. And now you're running it and you were involved in the early days of it. If people want to get a hold of of naturally Austin, mm-hmm. is there a website or something to go yeah. visit? Go to naturallyaustin.org. Naturally Austin. So that's naturallyaustin.org. And then uh, Genevieve, uh, how do they get hold of you or how do they get hold of uh, Springdale Ventures? Are yeah. you like lurking around the corner waiting for them to do interesting things and then you guys sneak in? No, come and see us. Bring us great brands. We're at springdaleventures.com. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful having you on. Uh, really interesting stuff. That also represents our show for the week. We're so thankful, appreciative that, uh, that we have the listeners that we do. If you have any questions for us for future shows or ideas, Send it to hello at LessonsFrom100Brands.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.